0: got no right to tell us how to worship. So let's tell the government to get up out of churches. We ain't choking no more. Tell them our hopes in the Lord, the time for speaking is past. It's time to open the doors. Since you ain't got no right to tell us how to worship. So let's tell the government to get up out of service. We ain't choking no more.
1: Tell them our hopes in the Lord, the time for speaking is past. So let's reopen the doors. Hello everybody,
2: what is up? So, I have the ability to do a live stream today because, well, I was supposed to work. Well, first I was supposed to play bass at church today. And then I swapped that with somebody, one of the other bass players, uh, because I was trying to work today. And then work got cancelled because it was pouring this morning. And so I decided. Well, I guess I could probably do my weekly live stream right now, then instead. And so here I am, guys. As always, please like and share the video. Uh, follow me on Instagram at bro. Here's the thing, and Twitter at devastated48. And because uh, you're probably coming in from Facebook to watch this, or 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 YouTube would be the second one. YouTube is almost nothing. And then Twitter is in a distant third with usually zero views on the video, but that's okay. You know, I don't, uh, it doesn't matter. Numbers don't matter. As long as you are speaking truth out there, right? Anyway, guys, could you please comment and let me know you're there and let me know. In the comments, if there's anything that you ever want me to touch on, I can do that for you because that's what I'm going to be doing right now is answering a question. Well, not right now. Oh, what is this on my hand? Oh, oh, no. And it's on my Bible. That's okay. (sighs) Anyway, guys, so uh, I actually had to ax something from the lineup because uh, I finally watched this commercial that my former employer – employer Atco released and uh uh what made me notice it was the absolute hostile comments uh, about the video. Hello Addie from Manitoba. How are you doing? So anyway guys, if you don't know, I used to work for Atco. I worked there my entire adult career, uh as a natural gas handling employee. And uh I was or put on leave of absence without pay because I wouldn't take the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, and so then as a result of that, I took a severance package and I got out of there. So, um, they just released a video in which, uh, they, it's like set to, the background of Lytton, B.C. and Lighton B.C. had a massive fire there, and the whole town was devastated by it. Uh, I don't know how big the town is. I I did. Uh, I do have a podcast on something that happened in Lytton, B.C. Uh, I think it was something to do with a doctor there uh, refusing to inject people or something. And then the fire happened shortly after that. I can't totally remember, but basically people are very, very angry about this video because ATCO is making it look like they're the heroes. And, you know, I actually know someone in the commercial. Let's let's take a look. Hopefully I don't get a copyright strike for this song uh, because it uh, is a song That is uh, well known. It is a cover, but I am a little concerned about it getting a strike on YouTube. But eh, we roll the dice. No one watches us on YouTube anyway, right? So, for the listening audience, uh, two girls are out in front of a house and they are loading up a brand new baby tree in a little, oh, it's a little burnt wagon, so it obviously survived the fire. I used to think maybe you love me, now baby I'm sure. I'm gonna turn this down, oh. I just can't wait till the day when you knock on my door. You can see, uh, so you can see, you can start seeing the remnants of a fire, there's trees burnt down, there's an entire building burnt down into the basement, you can, now you see ATCO trailers being pulled by massive trucks coming in, there's still debris all over the streets. An ATCO is moving in to save the day. There's another burnt, dystopic building. A burnt-down restaurant they're walking by. Or hardware store. It's hard to tell. The ATCO's everywhere. And there's Allison. Oh! You know, sorry. I wasn't gonna say her name, but... Uh, this is actually... I would call her a friend from work. Um... I would call her a friend from work. Uh, obviously, she uh, took the shot uh, and still works there, and is uh, getting to be put in commercials uh, because diversity is at Co. Strength. Now, I'm not making fun of her. She's actually really awesome. She actually does the same job as me, and she is a really enthusiastic uh, worker, uh, a really, really top-tier employee. So. I would never even say anything negative about her. Although, I am kind of sad that she isn't taking, if she ever sees this, I am kind of sad she's not taking a huge drag of her vape as she stares at the children going by in the dystopic setting of Leighton, B.C. Is it Lytton? Lytton? I, I, I think I did this in the original podcast. Now, what's funny, and like I know it's just movie magic, I get it, but it's funny when you're watching something where you know where the people are from this truck is definitely like her adco work truck uh which it would be either a dodge ram uh 5500 or a ford f550 it looks like it's got some pretty new seats though and then she's looking right and then there's a semi that is not the truck that she's in which is fine it's it's movie editing i don't care but but i could notice it so hey Justin's finally watching my podcast you make it sound like it's the first time Justin but anyway guys uh, they're walking on sunshine as you can see and um, you know at every step of the way AtCO's there helping helping and you've got your token beige fellow who is probably also a real employee. Now, one thing I commented on this post was it's nice to see that you have diversity of skin colors and genders represented in your commercials. Uh, But um, it is a shame that you do not allow diversity of thought or opinion and that you would subject people to medical treatments that they do not want or even require. So pretty sad. But no, Atco's the hero, constantly saving the day when they're not bribing reserves. And so here we go. Let's keep it going. They're now they're in what appears to be some sort of football field. <laughs> and they're digging a tree right in the middle of it. And this guy who's, you know, augering into the ground here. Oh, I see. Ah. So because the school burnt down, you've got a bunch of ASCO trailers set up as the, uh, as, the um, as the portables for the school. So that's nice of them. They probably donated those. Also, guys, I know Atco has strict safety policies. Where's your barricades? Where's your fencing? How come uh, you're in the middle of this field with literally no um, protective barriers around it? Um, I definitely would have gotten in trouble for that uh, if my site looked like that. So I'm pretty... Pretty ashamed that you made sure your guys were wearing safety glasses near this giant auger, but you didn't have any barricades up. <laughs> Pretty pathetic. Look at, it. they gave them an entire portable school for a while because what would we do without Atco saving the day every step of the way? Yeah. So.
1: Been where the world needs us. Atco, always there.
2: This is another thing everything with them is like deception and exaggerating their longevity. So about 10 years ago, um, I wish I could find the pins, but I actually, I have a little digger. That's their mascot. He's a gopher or whatever. Anyway, he's holding a hundred year centennial flag and there were hundred year centennial pins going around at one point. Now, This is a funny thing. Um, That's a celebrating 75 years of ATCO. So what was this 100-year centennial thing I did, like literally 10 years ago? Uh, I believe what it was commemorating was 100 years of natural gas since the founding of the original natural gas company that would have been moving through Western Canada. So something that ATCO... Literally had nothing to do with. They used it so they could put these hundred year decals on everything. And right now, if you are driving around in Alberta or anywhere, probably imagine where ATCO is, you will see celebrating 75 years of ATCO on plastered all, all their trucks now, but 10 years ago, there was a hundred year stuff. So pretty, pretty lame. Um, Oh, you guys are hilarious. Did they hire the same firm that USVP Harris used using child actors? I have no idea. But what I really wanted to show you guys was uh, was the comment section. That yeah, is not what I want you to look at. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, can I make this bigger? Anyway. Yeah, look, so I commented, obviously, something condescending, but that's okay. Listen to this lady. This is sickening. Using a town that was destroyed by wildfire to make it seem like your company has done good for them is just appalling. Echo should be ashamed of themselves. You owe the residents of Lighten an apology and restitution for using their tragedies for your gain. How about step up and actually build them a school or provide housing options? Do better. Now, I don't no uh i don't know if that school is real like if that's a real temporary school um i have no idea oh my goodness listen to this comment this is just wonderful for our mental health especially for our children upon watching this my poor seven-year-old recognized our yard and wonder why she hasn't been able to go home yet these kids can walk the street. Justify all you want as a resident whom properly is in this commercial. Um, there's, uh, there's a little bit of an uh, uh, like a typo there or something. It's just not coming across clear. But basically, she's mad because her daughter recognized the area and said, these kids can walk around the street, but I, I can't go home yet. So really really hurting, right? Anyway, so, uh, justify all you want as a resident whom properly is in this commercial. I'm disappointed and disgusted. We're all walking on sunshine down here. Hey, so Atco, as people were getting negative, they started using this bot, uh, response and it says, hello person. The story is entirely fictional. A portion of this video was filmed in Lighton B.C., where a wildfire devastated the town in 2021. ATCO has been working with the town to provide meaningful support for their recovery and rebuilding. Yikes, what a response. Obviously, it's fictional. You keep repeating yourself with this cold corporate response. You are completely uncaring and completely tone deaf. And look, here's another comment. Wow, this is so disrespectful to the residents of Lighten who lost their homes. I cannot believe someone had this idea, organized it, filmed it, edited it, watched it, watched the final product, and actually released it. So many people along the way should have realized how distasteful it is to use Lighten as a backdrop for your ad. Using people's heartbreak to take money, you need to delete this, apologize, and really pay for that school you... CGI'd into the ad. Oh my goodness. So, you know, this is a pretty interesting, uh, this is a pretty rough post. Um, so Atco lately has been really, really going on a PR tear, uh, trying to really boost themselves in the media because, well, they've, and essentially fined $31 million for bribing reserves so they would make sure that they kept their contracts. Things like that. And then obviously um, the backlash uh, from being the only company uh, that's not like up north that you don't need to fly to or anything like that, just locally in town. Uh, the only utility company that is still enforcing a totalitarian vaccine mandate on its employees, even though we know the vaccine is effectively worthless. So, uh, they've, and and like, I'm not going to lie that some of that backlash on one of their Facebook posts was caused directly by me sharing it and causing it to receive tons of backlash. So a well-deserved backlash, I would say. And so, what I'm seeing, though, is every time ADCO tries to do a PR thing like this commercial, uh, it backfires miserably. And uh, that is kind of satisfying for me. I'm not going to lie. So we're going to close that and we're going to move on now. Um, <sighs> What do we have now? Well, guys, uh, more Alberta news is what's coming up. Um, and, but you can tell I'm into motorcycle stuff. Hey, okay? so anyway, guys, um, I'm going to close that. And there, okay. So really interesting problem happened or something really crazy happened to me the other day. Um, an MLA in Alberta. So that's a member of the legislature, a, provincial representative wanted to talk to our dear friend who runs stuff Kenny said he wanted to have him out and meet him and Clifford who runs that page decided that he was going to invite me to come along as well which was very exciting for me um, because it's what a weird situation to be in so we're in this restaurant and uh, I find out that it's um kind of like a, an after-dinner meeting, after-debate meet-and-greet for one of the people running for the conservative leadership of Canada. So a federal MP. And uh, I did meet him. I didn't talk to him very much. We talked to the MLA a lot because that's who we were sitting with. Um, but I got to meet some really interesting characters along the way. And people that filled me in, oh, and no, no, why? People that filled me in, sorry, I was having a clicking issue with my screens. So I had a very weird conversation with a couple of people there, but I can't, I don't want to say too much, but basically it has to do with, um, our premier's leadership vote and there is some weird stuff going on with the ballots as we suspected there. I don't really think I can say any more than that, but I am going to read this article that is related to the situation. Um, Oh, and so I'll just bring it up here. Uh, come on. There it is. So As you can see, the headline says, Calgary Family Who Didn't Purchase UCP Membership Speak Out After Names Appear on Leadership Voting List. This is from CTV, so take it as you will. The United Conservative Party had a list of 59,409 members eligible to vote in the leadership review as of March 31st, but CTV News has learned some people who appear on it didn't purchase a membership. Uh, Berinder Molly says he and his wife were shocked to find both their names on the list of voters. I never applied for anything like that and I never paid anybody for memberships. So I don't know how I got the membership. I was really surprised said Molly. Molly. Oh, wow. Look at this. It's funny because I've been a liberal my all my life. It's kind of weird. It's also scary too, because people are making memberships you don't even know about. Molly was notified he was on the membership list by family friend Jamie Lal, who gave him a call and asked who he was voting for in the upcoming leadership review. Lal says he's working with a group close to the leadership review and was given an official voting list from the party. An official partial copy of the list was also obtained by CTV News with Molly and his wife's names on it. It's a big red flag. So he asked Berinder... Are you positive? It said the membership was purchased in February and he hadn't paid for anything, Law said. There are a lot of other people this is happening to, not just in Calgary, but all across the province, and it's actually very disappointing, to be honest, because it's one of those things mostly happening to members of ethnic communities. So, that's awesome. They're making the argument that it's racist, probably. Uh, this incident follows allegations from Fort McMurray, Lacklebish, MLA, Brian Jean, who claims thousands of memberships are being fraudulently created. Yeah, I, I mean, I believe that. And so some of the things I heard would confirm that it seems like there are many fraudulent ballots that are being tossed. Uh And that's really all there is to it. It's just this vote for leadership, for Jason Kenney's leadership, is going to, he's going to win. He's going to win because I do not believe him to be playing fair. He is cheating. And if he wins, you are going to have an NDP government, and then we will all be getting destroyed. And for my American listeners, as you know, or you might not know, but I've talked about it before, the NDP is an entire party that is like the squad uh, on the in the Democrat on the Democrat side. They are completely and utterly depraved and wicked. So, so it does not look good. The future does not look bright in Alberta politically. If that is the case, <sighs> so. I need to move on to something more pressing and something that is a little bit more uh well it's just you know a little a little bit it's it's sad really is what it is and so first I'm going to show you this Tucker Tucker Carlson video from from I think yesterday or 2 days ago and so it's actually a clip from Twitter from a post-millennial article. We're going to watch this and then we're going to go to the, to the, um, to the post-millennial article so we can watch it or, or read it and watch another
0: video, actually. The West got rich manufacturing on the basis of a <clears throat> manufacturing economy, making things. The West is now sustained by a finance economy which makes a small number of people very rich and is hard to sustain at scale over time. So a lot of people in the West are getting a lot poorer really fast. You may have noticed it. So how do we respond to this? Well, in Canada, they may have found a solution to what to do with more widespread poverty. You just euthanize poor people. There's a remarkable new piece on this in The Spectator. And The Spectator found that, quote, a woman in Ontario was forced into euthanasia because her housing benefits did not allow her to get better housing, which didn't aggravate her crippling allergies. So she was forced to kill herself. There are many other examples of this. This feels like a trend that could very easily come here. The right to die may be a right for the government and corporate interests, the health insurers, to kill you if you become inconvenient. So I would like to state
2: that... um... Sorry, hold on a second here. I would like to state that this is uh, This is what people were trying to warn warn others about <clears throat> See assisted suicide sounds humane but it's just a legal way to get rid of people that are not terminal First, it's a slippery slope argument. First, you start with something that more people will feel sympathetic towards. Like you start with very terminally ill people that have a short time to live. And then you keep moving the goalpost. Um so you keep moving the goalpost, right? Uh sorry, I'm just the comments that got they got me today. There's a couple funny ones or just rude ones, which I'm not going to quote. But anyway, guys, listen, they want to kill you. If you are poor and you are a burden on society, they want to kill you. So first they did was they, well, they created a welfare state where you are dependent on them. Then you are deemed a useless eater or maybe it's vice versa. Now they're finding ways to get rid of you. If you are too poor to look after yourself, this was always the goal. This is the compassionate view. Now they are going to argue that this is compassionate. They want you dead. Next thing they do is turn you into a food source because they're literally talking about it in the States that using the babies from abortions as a fuel source for burning uh, is a great idea. So they want to power generators off burnt children. So why wouldn't the next step be turning these people into an undisclosed food source like, like the movie Silent Greatness. Well, it's a book, right? But also a movie. I looked it up too to just confirm, but yeah, it was. And, and so no one is even suggesting that yet, but how far, how far? And so, and so look, they want to yeah, actually, um, let's see here. Uh, Addie Reed says, mentally ill people. Look how many people are struggling now because of these last years. And so when you see what's happening, you have. That was like the next thing that came up. It was first, it was terminal. Then you literally have mentally ill people, uh, people who are struggling with depression or anxiety. Want the also want the ability to take their own lives. And I'm fairly certain you can do that in Canada now. It might be hard. But it's getting really easy to choose to kill yourself in Canada. And now the government is pressuring you. So maybe he's got it wrong. Let's check it out. Let's read the article. It says... Tucker Carlson discusses Canada's euthanasia laws that put down poor people. Killing yourself is not liberation. It's really sad. You shouldn't be forced to do it, said Carlson. So we're going to listen to this guy's conversation as well. <clears throat> Let's skip all these junk ads. Camosi, a pra- professor at Creighton School of Medicine, said that Canada's euthanizing of the poor was no understatement. Um... It doesn't get a lot of coverage, but I think I have to wonder why. Violence is something we hear covered ad nauseum. Everything today is violence. Even things that obviously aren't violence, he said to Tucker. This is violence. This is medicalized violence. Why isn't this being covered? Why aren't we talking about it? Especially when it's poor people, especially when it's working class people that are structurally pushed into that. I think that's a question worth asking. And so instead of reading this whole thing, we are going
0: to just watch this video. And we'll rewind it. Charles Kaminsky has thought a lot about this over a long time. He's the author of Losing Our Dignity, How Secularized Medicine is Undermining Fundamental Human Equality. He's also professor at Creighton School of Medicine who joins us tonight. Professor, thanks so much for coming on. I know that you saw that you were the first person we thought of when we saw this piece. Um, Are we overstating what's happening here?
1: No, and first of all, thank you so much for covering it, Tucker, because it doesn't get a lot of coverage. And I I think I have to wonder why. I mean, violence is something we hear covered ad nauseum. Everything today is violence, even things which obviously aren't violence.
2: Uh, So there's a girl in the uh, comments. Oh, hold on a second. Hey, There we go. So there's a girl in the comments saying, well, it's not always poor people. No, no one's arguing. No one's saying that we're saying is that now they're targeting poor people um, who can't afford to live to choose euthanasia. So there are plenty of wealthy or mm, middle-class upper middle-class people that want to kill themselves for various reasons, want to take their own lives and do it medically. But what we're saying is that there is a new push from the Trudeau government or from is it Ontario? Yeah, it happened in Ontario where a woman was pressured into euthanizing herself because she could not afford to move anymore. And so, yeah, that's really crazy, man. Yeah, uh, really bad stuff. So,
0: anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna restart it. I, I missed it over a long time he's the author of losing our dignity how secularized medicine is undermining fundamental human equality he's also a professor at creighton school of medicine he joins us tonight professor thanks so much for coming up i know that you saw that you were the first person we thought of when we saw this piece um, are we overstating what's happening here
1: no and first of all thank you so much for covering it tucker because it doesn't get a lot of coverage And I think I have to wonder why. I mean, violence is something we hear covered ad nauseum. Everything today is violence, even things which obviously aren't violence. Yes. This is violence. This is medicalized violence. Why isn't this being covered? Why aren't we talking about it, especially when it's poor people, especially when it's working class people who are structurally pushed into that? I think that's a question worth asking.
0: Well, sure. And there's this very difficult problem, which, which is, what do you do when an economy based on finance starts to go south and average people you know, can't kind of sustain themselves. Do you do guaranteed basic income or whatever? This seems like an obvious choice for ghouls, neoliberal ghouls, like we'll just get, you know, force pe- poor people to kill themselves.
1: And how many times have we heard from Canada about their healthcare system, their social oh, exactly. care system, talking exactly. down to us about so many things. And now the, it's come home to roost. Canada's policies are seen for what they are. And we need, I mean, Canada has their own problems. We need to learn from this. We need to say, right. look, what's happening to our poor people, to our disabled people? The dementia population, Tucker, which we talked about the early part of the pandemic is... They are going to start euthanizing them, is what my guess is. Set to double in the next 20 years. It's going to triple in the next 30 years. What are we going to do? Are we going to put the resources into care for them? If we don't, I really only see two options. So-called robot care or straight-up no-chaser euthanasia. Yeah.
0: So why don't politicians just say out loud now? It's funny. I actually, uh...
2: This is weird, actually, now that I think about it. I was working at a building, um, and I found out that it's a building where they test on lab rats or on lab mice, and they give them Alzheimer's, some of them. And so they can give mice something that causes Alzheimer's. And When I put this together with what this guy's saying about how it's going to go up by 30% or something, hmm, it would seem that a nefarious government who wants to start eliminating people could give people something that causes Alzheimer's. Weird. I don't know if that's true or not, but...
0: I know they can give mice Alzheimer's. I mean, so many things we're seeing now we couldn't have imagined ten years ago, five years ago even, and now they're commonplace. That's right. Killing yourself is not liberation. It's really sad. You shouldn't be forced to do it. Like, why does nobody say that?
1: Well, your show is an example of giving people a voice who have no voice. The people who are most dramatically impacted by this, the working class and the poor, don't have a voice and so we need to decide and it's so interesting to see the political realignment underway which party is going to be the voice of the working class the working and of the poor to be on the side of people who say I don't want to die I don't want to die but I don't see any option given what's been offered me that's just
0: diabolical it is diabolical is the word for it and you've been writing about this for so long and uh, thank you for doing that professor great to see you
2: so think about this they give you they give you the ability sorry, they, they give you no ability to survive. They artificially inflate groceries. They hoard baby formula to cause panic. They lock you down for two years in some places uh, and cause a strain on your body and system and on your mental and on your mental faculties. They wear you down. Make you sick. Make you poor. By destroying your ability for your money to pay for anything. And then. And then they offer you the 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 gift of death. As a way out of the problem that they've caused. That's what's happening here. And so it's funny because I was talking about this with a brother today. Uh, he called me. And, uh, you know, he had a really good take on it and, uh, it's pretty, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. There's nothing, there's nothing, um, Oh, look, Addy found a link. So guys from Facebook, if you go into the comments section, you can find another article on it. Uh, it's a post from Addy Reed. Thank you, Addy for posting that. So guys, they are going to. I kind of lost my train of thought there. I should have. I should have focused. Um, but oh yeah, my 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 brother who called me. So basically, his take was this: it's like this is consistent with an atheistic worldview, right? When you're a veterinarian, and there's an animal that's suffering, what do you do? You Put down the animal that's suffering and you end its suffering. But that's because animals' suffering does end when they die. But ours doesn't. And that's what's really important to understand is that there is an afterlife. Right? And so these people are being consistent with their worldview, which is to treat us like animals when you're sick and you're too much of a burden and you're in pain we put you down now cuz it's the humane thing to do you're just a highly evolved animal and they want to get rid of you so that was a this will actually come back to what I'm talking about next and so a couple weeks ago I told you guys about someone who sent me a lo- like a list of questions and some of them are basic Some of them are a little bit more, uh, you know, would require more in-depth work to explain or you'd want to be more prepared. But, um, basically, I got a question about, like, how can the Bible be considered trustworthy? Um, Is the Bible considered trustworthy or is it just another pawn from the elitists? using it to control people so there are so many things you could say about this um i'll I'll actually i'll i'll read the i'll read the actual question though it says the bible was written by men inspired by god so keyword inspired we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep that in our the forefronts of our minds inspired okay how do we know this, though? What if the elites are using this book to their advantage and it's a play-by-play they are in control of since they've faked everything else? Um, she wanted me to know that that's not her question. So she believes the Bible is inerrant or inspired by God. <coughs> this is uh, someone who's questioning her. So think about the implications of that. <coughs> um the Bible would have to be a controlled source. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. I am dying, and that's going to sound awful on the recording. Um, so, basically, there's a narrative, and I've heard it before. And it's kind of like a zeitgeist kind of thing, too, right? Like that stupid documentary thing. So the Bible has never been controlled by one source. Uh, Definitely not the New Testament. You could almost make the argument that the Old Testament is different in that the Jews held on to it and protected it and preserved it. But when it comes to the New Testament specifically, none of that was able to be controlled because as it was being written in individual letters, those letters were spread out far and wide in every direction and no one was ever able to gather them all up and make them consistent and change them and edit them to fit, to fit their will. Um, so what I want to focus on is the word inspired. And so if you have a Bible in front of you or you want to look it up, I'm not going to put it up on the screen today. We're just going to have a chat. Um, If you look this up, you'll see 2 Timothy 3.16. This is the essential verse for the inerrancy of Scripture. This is the first one you should go to and learn about. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be equipped, having been thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we're not going to deal with the entire verses, the two verses I read. That was 16 and 17. But we're going to look at what it says here. All scripture, scripture being the word of God, the writings from God, is God breathed. And so... That word there, uh, I believe, is often in some, like in some translations, is translated inspired. Now, I've got an LSB here, so it puts God breathe there. And that word is in Greek is fail. Pha- well, so James White, who is a reformed apologist and like Greek, just Greek scholar. He pronounces it. Theonoustos. Um, if you're from like Master Seminary, like John MacArthur's area, they would pronounce it Theopneustos, Theopneustos, because it's got the word pneuma in it, which has a P. But I believe what it is is when it has a word before it, they would say that that P is no longer silent. So it's Theopneustos. Now, I don't know why. I don't know the difference. I've even asked someone from Master Seminary about it. <laughs> and he just said, "Well, um, James White's must be like a more modern. Uh, just it's just a different it's just a different pronunciation." <laughs> so I don't want to get into that too much, but I just think it's interesting. So Theonustos literally means God breathed. Numa is the word for spirit or um or like wind, and so it it, it is literally. The words that are exhaled by God That is making it very clear That scripture Is is breathed out by God So that's your base For understanding What scripture is It is the very breath of God For us to take in You know That's a cool way of looking at it Um. So There's more, though. So how does that relate to this whole elite view thing? Well, God gave us a word that is not corruptible, is protected by him, and teaches us everything he wants us to know about him while we are on earth. Um, And so there is more, though. And I want you to think about this. So, generally speaking, the next section I'm going to go to is dealing with false teachers. But what you're going to see, though, is just how evil people treat the Bible. And so, think about that as an argument, right? 2 Peter 2, we're going to go to. Um, sorry, just flipping through my Bible here. So, 2 Peter 2. Uh, starting in verse sixteen, the main verse I want you to look at is twenty. <clears throat> but, um, uh, sorry, first, sorry, second Peter one sixteen to twenty, and then moving in to chapter two. My bad. So, for we did not make known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ following cleverly devised myths but being eyewitnesses of his majesty um for when he received honor and glory from the father such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory this is my beloved son with whom i am well pleased so peter is referring to him being on the mount and seeing jesus transfigured where Um, God literally speaks to them and tells them this. And so that's Peter quoting this right now. Peter goes on and we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Now listen to this. This is important for you to understand how important scripture is to Peter. And we have as more sure the prophetic word to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. So they have a word that is more sure, a prophetic word that is more sure. Know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes by one's own interpretations. That's verse 20. For no prophecy was ever made by the will of man, but men being moved by the Holy Spirit from God. So, Peter is saying that Scripture is more sure than his own eyes, than his own eyes, Seeing Jesus transfigured on the mountain, hearing the voice of God talk from heaven. Peter is appealing to scripture as more authoritative than hearing what God told him audibly. Amazing. Think about the implications of that. So now that's what scripture is. Now look at what it says next. But false prophets also arose among the people just as there also will be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce dis, introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. And they will follow sensuality and all that, right? So, listen, if there were globalist elitists attacking something, it would be the Bible. And what do we see from these people? So have you ever noticed how like most, um, you know, politicians make pseudo Christian remarks and appeal to the Bible and quote scripture. And I will throw Donald Trump into that. Donald Trump also did that. I don't, he hung out with word of faith teachers who are, are are not good. They're also false teachers. Okay. But Joe Biden does it in his things, right? You've heard him say palm instead of psalm, right? All those funny jokes, all those funny uh, quips he has. One of them was saying palm instead of psalm, right? So they all do that. They all quote the Bible. They all they all abuse it and use it for their own advantage. And so we as believers are actually able and... If we are able and willing, we should be able to see when someone is misusing the biblical texts, right? <laughs> Excuse me. So that's not getting edited out. It's just going to be there forever. Me sneezing. So think about this. What it says in cha- uh, chapter one, verse 20 is know this. First of all, the know. No prophecy of scripture comes by one's own interpretation. So, this means that you do not just take Bible verses and use them how you see fit. They have a context. They have a real meaning. They have an authorial intent. That means that the author that wrote them had a meaning when he said them. You don't just get to take verses and rearrange them or quote half of them and use them to fulfill um, to fulfill your purposes. That's not how the Bible is to be used. And so what you would see with these elite elites is that they would also be twisting scripture. So one, they would attack the Bible. They always attack the Bible, right? When we look at like a totalitarian takeover, first of all, What's, what's, what do they come after? What book do they come after? They come after the Bible. They come after the word of God. Why? Because they know that it is true, but they hate the God that gave it to us. They hate what it says. They gnash their teeth at it when it offends them. They hate God and they hate his book. And so that is actually a great sign that it is not something that is being used as controlled opposition to control people. So let me restate. When elitists use this book, they will use it wrongly. They will misrepresent it. Uh, And so what was another part of the question? Um, They're in control of it. So basically they're using the book to their advantage and it's a play by play. They're in control since they've faked everything else. So that cannot be, because no one has ever had control over the Bible in that way. It, um, it is too widespread uh, before the ability to even gather things up like that. There's too many manuscripts that say the same thing from different locations all over the place. The preservation of the New Testament is quite literally a miracle. And so there is no way that a controlled group of men and women could take this book, pervert it, and use it to suit them. And so, and and you can see that, because the worldview that the Bible teaches doesn't line up with what they believe anyway. So, going back to doctor-assisted suicide, think about it. These people want to euthanize you because you're a burden on the system. Well, Jesus said to look after the poor. James says that we are to look after our poor brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to bear one another's burdens. We are to look after the least of these, right? So that's already saying the exact opposite of this. Now, what did they do? They twisted scripture. And look, look what it says at the end of 2 Peter, the book we're in right now, talking about scripture again. I just used this verse for another point last week or two, maybe two weeks ago, but look at what it says. In reference to Paul, it says this. This is Peter talking about Paul. And consider the patience of our Lord as salvation just as also our beloved brother paul according to the wisdom given him wrote to you as also in all his letters speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand which the untaught and unstable distort as they do also the rest of the scripture so one peter is yes saying that paul's letters are scripture but also that the unstable and uh how is it worded um, sorry the uh, the untaught and unstable distort his letters, and so look at how the left has used this concept of looking after the poor. They've been quoting and referring to Jesus looking after the poor forever. Misusing it, using it to create a welfare state in which they would then finally now at this point turn around and say that we need to start euthanizing people because it's the humane thing to do. And so that is fundamentally over a long period of time, a twisting of scripture using Jesus's words, using Jesus's words about poverty to push people into a deeper state of poverty that they will not get out of twisting it right and now they are saying that those people who are super poor and live in nothing now need to be euthanized so that is a twisting of Of what the Bible teaches that is a corruption of what the Bible teaches and so the very fact that the elites want to euthanize the poor but the Bible says to look after the poor is also an evidence that it is not controlled opposition that it is not being used uh, by the enemy and not used properly again right because we know that heretics false teachers people with an evil agenda are going to use scripture to corrupt people and they do they they get Christians to agree with them they get Christians to believe that acts 2 or is it acts 2 oh man it's not acts 2 it's early on in acts when the early church has everything in common because they're all selling their land and giving it to giving it to the apostles right so there's a teaching that that teaches uh communism and that's not the case that doesn't teach communism because they were all giving it willingly and so you can see that the leftist agenda that is fundamentally uh from the elites right from those elite groups uh is um is going to or sorry, is that they, they twist they twist scripture to 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 achieve their goals. That's what they do. Because they hate God and they hate his word. And so this concept that um, that that they've controlled the Bible, well, it doesn't even make sense because it so clearly teaches against everything they stand for a preservation of human life, a love for human life. Um, Biblical marriage, for example, right? Uh, The marriage between a man and a woman, that it is a good and holy thing, that it is the best thing for you, and that all other relationships that are sexual in nature are sin, right? So... So how could this be being used by the elites when it contradicts everything that they're teaching? It doesn't make any sense, right? And that's, that, that is all there is to it. Oh, my mouse died. There it is. So, guys, with that, you have to understand that this book is God's word. It has cut through everything like a knife. It has been preserved miraculously And it is for us to learn and understand who God is and to teach us his commandments and teach us his law and teach us what is good for us, which is to follow him and worship him in spirit and truth. And how do we worship him in spirit and truth? Well, we get down on our knees and we pray for forgiveness. Why? Why do we need forgiveness? Because we have all sinned against a holy and righteous God. We've all lied. We've all stolen something, even if it's something small, right? So we've all taken the Lord's name in vain. I know I have. So that's blasphemy. If you've taken the Lord's name, you are a blasphemer. And when you stand before him, you'll stand before him as a condemned man or woman you will be judged for blaspheming the perfect holy and righteous God of the Bible but there is good news for you you can turn to him you can repent of that sin you can trust in Jesus Christ's death burial and resurrection he went to the cross and his blood was spilled for your sin because he shed his perfect blood on the cross and made a transaction. He died for you. He died for the sins of all those who would believe on him. Turn to him now. Believe on him. For the forgiveness of your sins. Repent. Say, Lord, forgive me for what I have done. I am an unworthy man. All I want to do is love and serve you. That's it. And I am sorry. That I have done so wrong. To... to to you and the others that you've created and say, Lord, forgive me. That's it. That's all you can do. Just turn to Christ and you will be forgiven of your sin. If you have any questions about that, you can always message the page. Either me or possibly maybe Cliff will answer you. All right. So with that, I'm going to end this live stream. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that that answers the question I don't I mean I kind of went off a little bit well no I I think I did a really good job of staying on topic and guys I'll probably see you Thursday but who knows maybe it'll be a little bit more scattered now just because it's hard to fulfill that obligation for Thursday night right right now so anyway guys that have a great rest of your day and have a great day at church tomorrow if you attend and if you don't attend do Find a biblically-minded church in your area and come. Thank you, guys.